it's the Chuck Shoe Podcast. I'm back. It's been like, uh, what, a day? So, quick shout out to the to Bo and the True Villains Band for my last episode. Uh, that episode is being shared a lot on social media, and that is great. Uh, he's a great guy, and that band is really good, so definitely check them out. That episode, the True Villains, uh, the, check out their music. They're definitely one to keep an eye on. And uh, speaking of bands to keep an eye on, my guest today, the band of Limbo, is also one to keep an eye on. This band is extremely talented. I first heard of them from the singer of Joyous Wolf, Nick Reese, who was recently on. Uh, and this band of Limbo, they've toured with uh, Joyous Wolf, as well as doing shows with Hinder, Filter, Blue Oyster Cult, Wolf Mother, Aldita's Way, others. Uh, I feel like I'm just lucky to have them on my show right now. They're getting a big following, and the guys are super cool. Like We had uh, three of the four band members, the two brothers, uh, Jake the singer, Luke the guitarist, and also the bass player, Rob, joined in as well. So this is a really fun interview. These guys made me laugh. They're really cool. And they seem like they're just really fun to hang out with. So I'm hoping to catch them live on tour uh, when that when shows happen again. And uh, for now, you can get to know them here on my show. Enjoy. Okay, let's do this. Uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Chuck Shoot Podcast. So if you guys want to just introduce yourselves so everyone knows who's who. I'm uh, somebody. I'm Luke. I play uh, guitar. Okay. We are, of, we are of Limbo. This is Luke, the lead guitarist. I'm Jake, his brother, bigger yes. brother. Singer. And I let you play guitar sometimes, and I sing a bit. Okay. I'm Rob. Uh, I play bass. Play bass. He, sings, he, he gets let sing a little bit, too. I oh, like backing vocals and stuff? Yeah. yeah. Both of us do the backing vocals. He's, okay. He's the lead guy. Yeah, I haven't seen you guys live. I've only heard the studio stuff, so I'm ex- excited to see you live at some point. Yeah. It's hopefully soon. Comes a lot of fun. Yeah. Do you have some shows planned? We have nothing planned until uh, COVID allows uh, the world to spin again. Yeah. It's kind of locking down. Uh, We are, uh, you know, it's getting to the point where if if it keeps going like this, then maybe we'll have to go and do shows in Bimbuck towns in Texas that uh, allow secret shows to happen. But yeah, as it is right now, we're just sort of, going with the flow and seeing if everything really opens up next year and we can tour again. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm seeing a lot of shows booked in Texas and Florida. I, I think yeah. those two States seem to have a little bit less uh, rules. Yeah. Yes. Well, good for them. Yeah. Lots of places with less people too. So it's a better place to do it. Yeah. And the smaller towns. Yeah. Like you said, uh, Timbuktu or whatever. So, uh, well, yeah, let's just, uh, let's talk about, um, when you got, how you guys got started. You, you, uh, uh, the, the the two two of you the brothers you guys actually started uh, in Australia right you started playing guitar when you were teenagers yeah well back when I was about thirteen or so Jake gave me a guitar and we started just like he showed me a black album by Metallica gave me a guitar and I kind of just built my my passion for it right from there and we started playing a little yeah. bit together but then Jake moved to the states and he came to Long Beach where we live right now. And we spent, I don't know, seven or eight years kind of apart. And I mm. uh, ended up moving in with him um, about 2012, early 2012, 2013. And we started kind of rekindling that flame of playing music together. And it just felt kind of natural and good again. So I dropped out of school where I was going in Boston for a little bit and ended up staying with him. And we just fucking kept kept the train going you know yeah but so backing up at the, at the beginning because jake you were really uh, obsessed with nirvana originally and then allison chains and so i mean you have some of this you know the typical influences like led zeppelin the doors 
Uh, but then I, I heard Michael Jackson as one of the influences. Oh, yeah, Tell me about that time. one. Yes, they do. We, we, I mean, everybody in the band's got eclectic tastes. Uh, okay. I definitely love a bit of Jackson. So does Luke. But Luke loves a bit of John Mayer. Luke loves yep. a lot of the classic jazz musicians. Chet, Chet Baker, like all the rest of it. So, uh, yeah, I would take take influence from as many pools as possible. But I guess when when talking about how Jackson relates to our music, it's kind of the almost a rappy rappy thing but with melody that that jackson always did that we definitely incorporate every here and there like uh song happened again the chorus is quite quite rappy bam 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 you know mm-hmm. kind of like he doesn't like dirty diana yeah dirty oh diana. okay yeah um got like kind of like the sassy melodies that make it in between kind of rappy and rocky it's okay very, yeah, it's very punctuated um yeah stacc- staccato notes rather than holding long notes gotcha really... yeah i did have the guitar steve stevens who does the solo on dirty diana <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's did he, yeah. did he have his hair teased into the the bird thing he he still thing. got some puffy hair for sure yeah i don't know yeah. if it wasn't as far as puffy as in that video but for sure yeah he nice. says yeah it's interesting cool. you think what some of those guys would lose their hair after a while like the hair especially bangs. with the amount of product they put in there right <laughs> Totally. So, yeah, you guys, uh, you said that when you guys started playing rock music, there wasn't a lot of people playing. It was eight years ago. I'm trying to think there really wasn't a lot of rock bands. It seems like there's a lot more now. Yeah, I don't think it was eight years ago. It was probably when we were first started doing just me and him in the bedroom. It was probably like yeah. seven, seven years ago now. Okay. And, yeah, they're definitely, we didn't know of anybody else that was doing it. So we thought, oh, shit, if we want to hear it, then there's got to be other people that want to hear good rock music again. But yeah, as we're sort of looking around in every different direction, all all there was was really indie rock kind of stuff, and yeah, yeah. it wasn't really what we were we were talking about trying to do. And it wasn't until we we met Joyce Wolf that we realized, oh, okay, there is actually another couple people that are starting to do this. And then we met Them Evils; they're also doing it in a little different way. They're more on a, a sort of ACDC vibe, I would guess. But yeah, we we came to realize, shit, we're not the only ones. There's maybe like a little bit of a sort of movement here in a way. Yeah. And in, in, uh, in America, you said it's, it's, it's easier to make it with in a rock band in America as opposed to Australia. Expl- I heard you talking about this thing. This is interesting. I never heard this before. This must be a cultural thing. Tall poppy syndrome. And you said in yeah. Australia, there's a thing called tall poppy syndrome. So that means like in a field of poppies, people want to cut down the tallest poppy. So it's like, kind of like the people that if you're making it, they're going to mock you and try to cut you down they don't like it if you're making it in a successful in Australia. That's absolutely right. To some extent. Um, yeah. It's it, but if you, if you like really make it like, let's say like Vance joy or, or somebody, some Australian that's really made it airborne, uh, then, then when, when they're up there, everyone's like, Oh yeah, he was my friend. I always supported him. I've always been there from the start. And it's fucking bullshit. Huh. But uh, yeah, whilst you're whilst you're on the way in the process, there was none of that support. Yeah, it's just it's right. the opposite. It's just tearing you down. I can't believe he's gonna waste his life trying to be a muser. Have you heard what Luke's doing? Oh my god! <laughs> so yeah, because but also also to add another point to that, it's a lot to do with the field that you go into because okay. they're very supportive of anything pretty much sport. Oh. Or at least a, a, any sort of sport that they condone, uh, like football or cricket yeah. or anything like that. Even if you have absolutely but, no 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 business playing football, you're yeah. like a you're like a short 
short little dude. That's oh, he's having a go. Or whatever. He's having yeah. a go. He's oh, a real hustler. Yeah, give him a go. He's trying his hard. <laughs> yeah, and they'll yeah. Su- they'll support you to the till the cows come home. But yeah, if you try and do something artistic <laughs> or musical or whatever. Interesting. So yeah. did you you did try to play some music in Australia? Like I thought you said something like there's some bars you could not, go not to. Not as us. Not no. as Oblimbo. No. But no, just we like both had, we both had bands as we were growing up as teenagers, et cetera. But I mean, in terms of that, I don't think the reason why we moved out here was specifically because of that. It's also because that the scene is just non-existent there compared to what it is here. And if it's as dead as it kind of was here, like you spoke about in 2013, you can only imagine what it was in Australia. It's non-existent. What it's about? Kind of so, grown, it's kind of grown back a little bit over okay. there. Like le- legacy bands like Wolf Mother have had a bit of a resurge. Yeah, how does so, a lot of yeah. uh, pu- sort of upcoming punk bands that are getting a lot of attention, but mm. it's still, I mean, shit, there's a so much larger of a market out here. And name any new rock bands out of Australia. Uh, yeah, like I you, can't, I can't name the na- the punk band I'm thinking of, but people out here, are punk's different though. Punk's a different animal. Sure, anyway, yeah, but they can't. There's not necessarily like a whiskey a go go or rock club. In no, Melbourne, that's part of yeah, it. The, the stages are worse. There's, the there's none of that. Worse. There's a couple little spots called. Uh, there's one called Cherry Bar that's in Hardware Lane in Melbourne, and another one called the Tote. But this is real, like nickel and dime. It's like a bar. It's just stuff, like a yeah. bar. It's you know, it's a and and that's where most of the, the big artists are playing, unless it's like some sort of theater. Yeah, which you have to be at that point. You have to be very prestigious and well known. But there's no like in between, which is. For us, we got Viper, we got Sunset, we got Roxy, we got which is not quite the level of being at a theater or something. Right. It's also better than playing the local bar around the corner. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You said there was sometimes you go to a bar and there and you'd be playing a gig in Australia and it'd be like five people and yeah. and maybe well, three even, of them even, are. We, even just before uh, Wolf Mother, we, we did this tour with Wolf Mother. Yeah. We were talking to them about what the state of rock and roll was like, and I was mentioning to them like, dude, I looked at some of your some of your videos, and it was. Before Rock had this little resurgence back in Australia again, some of their videos were them playing at like local pubs in Byron Bay area or whatever. And there's like 20 people. This is Wolf Mother, who were like a damn top 10 hmm. selling rock band in the in the early 2000s. So wow. it, it really, yeah, definitely has a lower draw unless it's the cool, popular thing at that moment. So is other music kind of music uh, more popular in Australia? Yeah, yeah, massively. Like a what, lot of like... a lot of indie indie folk singer songwriter stuff oh, is massively popular. Okay. Yeah. Also, any electronic music is really popular. Uh, of course, Jane yeah, smokers kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. so Anything then like that. Gotcha. So then, Luke, you ended up going to was it Berkeley School of Music on the East Coast? Yeah. How did did you apply there from Australia, or is that did you move to the states and then apply? No, I applied from Australia. Is it hard to get into that? Is that I feel like that's pretty prestigious, right? Yeah, it was hard. I went for jazz. Um, So I had taken jazz for a few years at the end of high school. And that's what I was kind of really into at the time. And that's what I went for. And I was uh, fortunate enough to get a, to get a a spot there and then went for, um, it was only like two semesters. And then I decided that I needed, because there's no, there's no gap between Australian school and and when college starts here, you have to go straight into it. Mm -hmm. Decided I needed a gap. And so I moved in with Jake for just a, a couple months here in Long Beach and then, yeah, I never, never went back. <laughs> Is that, okay. And that's when you guys started of Limbo. Yes, exactly. Okay. And you describe it as party rock with a darker edge. 
Somebody did. I like it. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I think I think that's pretty close. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one of one of our bass player Rob's friends described it as a sex rock. I, I like, like that. that. Too. I, I like that a lot. I don't know if that's really accurate either, but I like that. I think I think party yeah. rock. I think party rock at times, sex rock at times, uh, fucking dark edge at times. Like, yeah. At, at different times, that's one thing we like to pride ourselves on is try to make it as eclectic as possible. With, yes. With the sounds between songs. Yeah. So yeah. Because so if you're going to get a little bit of anything, totally. Live, live wise, we definitely try and concentrate on making the show as fun as possible for people. So live wise, the party rock thing, I guess, definitely comes into comes into play a bit. You don't want to watch a band that just stands there and uh, morosely sways from side to side for two hours. You know. Yeah. So we we try and be as upbeat and, and uh, high energy as possible whenever we're playing live. So we we pit, we usually cater our song live song choices to being as upbeat and fun and dynamic as possible. And then do you, do you do some on stage antics? Like I, I just had a guy on who does like fire breathing on stage and you know, Nick from joyous wolf, he's doing all sorts of crazy moves and stuff. Do you do a lot of that kind of thing to kind of get uh, we attention? We don't really have a lot of uh, pre-planned antics, but okay. a lot of wild things tend to happen. Like uh, one time, not too long ago, a girl got her boobs out on the stage and then stage dived, and everybody parted the seas <laughs> flat out uh, her boobs. So oh, that was one thing I can think of. Uh, no, the, we, but her boobs saved her, saved her. They cushioned her then, right? Hopefully. Yeah, they should. I mean, they were probably afraid to get me too by catching her by the boobs. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> so uh, oh god, we've got, we got a song that's it's the goofiest song we'll ever write, but it's the song that we always close with because everybody loves loves rocking out to it. It's called "Let's Get Fucked Up," and I mean, as far oh. as antics goes, there's a lot of there's a lot of drinking that goes on during the song. There's me feeding the crowd drinks, me feeding Luke beers, me taking taking slams of it in between in between vocals. I mean, there's one where one uh, uh, an antic I frequently do where I go let's get fucked up and I hold the beer above my mouth and the, the beer actually stops me from singing the note and bubbles out everywhere I don't think that's too COVID appropriate these days <laughs> pre-COVID times it was just uh, fun that sounds super fun Damn, man I want to see a show now do you guys do you feel like you make fans by doing that kind of shit like being kind of crazy because a lot of people might go to the show for Joyous Wolf or another band and you guys are the opener then you have to kind of win them over right yeah. absolutely uh, we've, we've always had a good crossover with fans with Joyous Wolf but I think where we really gained the biggest traction of fans that we didn't have before as we toured with hinder last year across the country and back and um they i wouldn't necessarily have thought were our exact world of rock and roll but who's exactly the same these days anyway but every time when we'd uh finished the show we had a line as as far as the eye could see of people wanting to come up and meet us and uh hang out and get buy things and sign things and all the rest of us and all the rest of it and told us how great we were. So we definitely, definitely gained a lot of fans on that, that little tour right there. Joyous Wolf fans. I think a lot of them already know us and a lot of our fans already know them. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. So you guys, still- yeah, I think, I think the antics have a big part to do with it for sure. Absolutely. Well, you you got to have a good time. Yeah, you got to make what we're all doing this for. Right. And make people it's feel fun like to have a weird job. Yeah. And yeah. now aren't you, um, now you come from a, a, a theater background, right? I, yeah, yeah, for sure. was that yeah, the- I went to Cal State Long Beach for theater and I've grown up doing like musicals and stuff. And so, so it's kinda- what does that bring to the band? Like, do you bring some sort of like, I mean, you're obviously not, do- <laughs> you help him with his stage moves and stuff and have like, you're running and singing and. 
There's, there's running a, and singing. How about that? That's does. funny. Okay. He helps us in a lot of ways with the running and singing. Um, he, he's got a lot of good exercise moves that he puts me through to keep me able to sing well. But one one thing I'm, that makes me think of that is uh, there's a Guns N' Roses documentary about when they were first starting. And there's this photographer who's talking about, yeah, I saw them at the Ritz and I literally didn't know which way to point my camera because everything was going on at once. The, the bass player's doing something, the guitar's doing something, the vocal's doing something. And that's something that we've really gained with Rob joining the band is it's not just me and Luke uh, sort of maintaining the movement of the show at the front. Now we've got Rob, who is an absolute performing animal and doing fucking high kicks and really funny faces <laughs> and spin moves and whatever the hell tickles his fancy at the time. That's the great thing about about being able to play rock music is you don't have to conform to any kind of set stage moves or anything. It's just whatever the hell's tickling your fancy at that moment. And Rob goes pretty crazy within the parameters of that. Oh yeah, yeah it's for sure. Not to think. You just kind of boom yes. and have a good time. And it's kind of, well, that's yeah. where you're like reading the room and stuff. Yeah. You're actually legitimately connecting with the audience. Connect. Yeah. Absolutely. No. Cause then I know I had like a uh, less than Jake, the, the singer from that band on, and he was like, it's a punk band. And he was saying back in the day, he put on all these crazy costumes and stuff. It's like another thing just to get people's attention. Do you guys ever do? You yeah. Plan I mean, we don't even, we wouldn't even call it a crazy costume. This is just Rob's daily wardrobe. Uh, but I'm sure that 90% of, yeah, 90% of the audience would be like, wow, look at that guy. He's really trying pretty hard. What, that costume. What's he, he wearing? What? This is what Rob wears to the Seven Eleven. What explain to me one of the costumes? Because you look dressed pretty regular right now. So we, yeah, he does. He, 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 this he, this he, is about the most regular he's, he's dressed okay. in, in months. Uh, well, we had a we had a secret show uh, about a week ago for just some friends to test out a local venue's sound equipment for them and, and give them a hand with that. And uh, me and Luke arrive in normal attire. We hadn't seen Rob up until this point. Rob Rob comes out wearing skin tight leather spandex <laughs> that that definitely uh, hugged his his man parts quite tightly. <laughs> and uh, it was just leather 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 pants and suspenders, and that was about and it. And suspenders. So, uh, yeah. Oh, you betcha, dude. You gotta gotta keep those things up. All right. I, I follow. Uh, I think I follow Jake and Luke on Instagram. I guess I gotta follow Rob too. That sounds. Uh, yeah, is there pictures of that? He's he's more he's more active than either one of us. He's, oh. he's not posting a lot about his fashion sensibilities. Oh. But well, that's today, disappointing. But, but but it will it will come up on our stuff occasionally too. Oh. So just keep an eye out. Okay. You know, and you'll see some magic every now and again. Luke oh. will post the greatest hits. Okay. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, tell me. You mentioned you open for hinder you've opened open up for some really like blue oyster cult that's a pretty big yeah, band yeah. what was that, that was like cool. that was the first time we've ever played to a seated audience before oh that was a really bit different <laughs> but um they I, loved think, it. I think we yeah we won we won them over by the end i do remember that within the, the very first song we do at the end of it i let out a pretty oh, yeah. a pretty loud scream or pretty high scream i guess you'd say yeah and uh i looked down to the audience because there's like no music going on at this point it's just like just me doing this note and uh i looked down to the audience and right in the front row is this little old lady and she's literally like this <laughs> <laughs> with her fingers in the in, in her ears plug in her ears okay and, yeah plug in her ears so i like i almost cut the note a little bit short because of it and uh, then I look, then uh, I'm like, oh God, everyone hated this, this fucking moment. And then the whole crowd stood up roaring, cheering. So yeah. wow. you know, it was just one old lady. Yeah, right? you, can't, you can't please every old no. lady or every 
every person. That, well, it's interesting. I mean, they picked you to open up, so they, they must have listened to your music, I assume. Or yeah, I, I uh, I'm not sure who, who it was in the band that that made that happen. I know that TKO, our booking agency, was definitely involved. Either okay. way, they were very flattering at the end of the set. Either yeah, way, so that that well, was a, that was a big plus. Another for us. another great story about that is at the start of it. Uh, we we walk up, yeah, we walk up, guy, exactly. yeah. We walk up to get our, our shit set up, our equipment set up or whatever. And this uh, older gentleman with a long silvery ponytail comes up, puts his hand on our face, goes, hi, I'm Sean, blah, 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 blah. Sound man for Blue Oyster Cult. I'm like, okay, cool. Nice to meet you, dude. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, so how long do you think you're playing tonight? I said, well, I think we got 45. Let me stop you right there. <laughs> I prefer opening acts to play as short as possible. Uh, yeah. like, all right, man. Well, well, all respect to you guys. It's your show. We're just happy to be here. We'll, we'll sure. cut it down to 30 for you. And then we did do it. We did cut it down to about 30. And then afterwards, the guy came up to me. He shook my hand with both hands this time. You know, that, that little move. Shook my hand with both hands. He goes, wow. You guys are actually something special. Usually the bands that we have opened up for us are fucking trash. <laughs> if I had known you guys were this good, I'd let you play the full Four, 45, no problem. 45. No problem. Yeah. Wow, that's a great story, though. That's yeah, like, interesting. That guy sounds uh, a little interesting. You meet a lot of characters like that in the rock world? I would oh, think. Dude, yeah. Non-stop. yeah. That guy sounds like a little uptight, though. I feel like most people in the music industry are more laid yeah, back. He's been doing it for a while. Upt- you know? Uptight okay. because, like, when, exactly, when you've been doing it for that long, it's not like you get jaded, but you just meet so many bands and so many people, and most of the time, I imagine, if you're talking to opening bands, yeah. not a lot of them are impressing you, you know? So mm. you just kind of, it becomes a little bit of a just fucking routine how you speak to them as opposed to it being something personable when you actually like their sound. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I believe him when he says most bands we see open for us fucking suck. That's yeah, probably he, true. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably true. He's running the sound for the most famous cowbell in rock and roll history. <laughs> <laughs> like, you gotta respect do people Do people scream out, like, more cowbell during that song or throughout the show? I think I heard it a few times. There's definitely a lot of cowbell mentioned throughout okay. the night. Uh, that would get so annoying, I feel like. For them. Yeah, it's gotta be really annoying for them. I think we use that. Yeah. <laughs> what about, I, uh, I definitely did not mention it at all to them. that's nice that's nice what about filter you guys toured with them for or did some shows well it was supposed to be a full tour and okay. then the full tour didn't happen it ended up just being one show and uh <laughs> it was oh. great it was great great it was the biggest audience we've ever played for in la which is cool it was at the region theater it was the night before thanksgiving so just about a year like a year and a week away from today is what it was and uh it was the first show we played that was a real big, legitimate show with our, our new drummer and new bass player, Rob, who you got here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it went, it went great. I think we got a lot of, a lot of spillover audience from them too. Do you think, um, done better. It, okay. So is that, how long was that set? Was it, you get the full 45 for that one? Yeah, that was, a, that was a full 45. Okay. Nice. It. And then yeah. what about, do you like doing the club tours? Like you did the tour with a, is it Aldita's way and, and Joyce Wolf, right? Was that all three of you guys? That was us three and another band called Down North from Seattle. Um, yeah, that was great. Like, listen, we, we're happy to do it high, low, small, wide, big, whatever. I mean, obviously, the larger the audience, uh, the more My kind of girl? the more people know. The more people you can uh, show your music to or sell the brand to, the better. But shit, sometimes when it's just a room like the Corazon in Seattle that we did with uh, Atlantis Way and Joyce Wolf, when it's just like, 
70 people or something like that, but it's actually packed wall to wall, it can feel like the connection of energy is that much easier to transfer and people really can get into it that much easier than when it's a sea of people in say a place like the region. Absolutely. So, so they're all, they've all got their place. It's right. Yeah. Do you, do you like doing the festivals? Did you, you guys did Sturgis, right? We did Sturgis. Uh, I, we've never done what, what I would call like a festival festival yet. We're hoping when, uh, well, shit, it was supposed to happen this year with uh, TKO and then COVID stopped that. But um, we're hoping next year if COVID goes away that we can get all that happening again. We definitely want to go Sturgis again. But, yeah, we're hoping to get on actual festival tur- uh, circuit. Is that, is that you had said uh, at that point, I think I heard an interview, you said that was the furthest that you've kind of traveled. Is that still the furthest you've gone? Or it was gone? absolutely the furthest. Okay. We, uh, we had to, I think that was our first show on that tour as well. Uh, so we had to drive all the way out there and then begin the tour, which was pretty gnarly. Okay. So, and then tell me about this. This is a crazy story. April, 2018, Oklahoma city, your van crashes. And I saw the pictures. I don't know how you guys survived that. You had to be cut out of the van. Yeah, I had to be cut out of the van, but, um, to, to how we survived it. I mean, the, uh, the guys, the guys that were cutting me out of the van didn't think anyone would have survived either. They told us afterwards that they literally walked down to the, to the van with the body bags in their hands because they said, Oh, we just assumed we're there for cleanup. Oh my God. uh, Luckily. Yeah. Luckily my brother and our bass player at the time, Herbie were in the front seat. They were able to cut themselves free of their seatbelts. Our old drummer Juan got ejected, but luckily landed on a field and only, only broke his collarbone. I was a little bit less fortunate. I was uh, stuck under the twisted metal for about, I don't know, 45 minutes or so. And that uh, had a buzz saw me out. I saw the sparks of the buzz saw coming through up my head. I'm like, don't fucking cut my face. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Were you scared shitless? I was definitely scared. I, uh, I knew my leg was broken um, and I was in a lot of discomfort, but there's also going through your head at the same time, like Jesus, if that, if that metal that's compressing me right now was like an inch more compression, my brains would be everywhere. So I was already kind of thankful at wow. the fact that I was looking good to survive. So what the hell happened? Did you guys like, did you, someone fall it's asleep at the wheel? Bumpy, or? Very bumpy road in, uh, it's like a back, a back highway in through Oklahoma. The back okay. highway was the fucking main highway. Oh, it was the main the highway. The fucking there. main highway there. Most wow. California interstates are not always the best taken care of. Yeah. It was, it was a really, really shitty highway. Uh, I was driving, we hit a pothole on the back right tire blue when we were going 75. Oh. And then, um, it just kind of jackknifed after I took my foot off the accelerator. It, it, wheel just jackknifed in one direction oh, and suddenly we were, we were rolling and uh thankfully we didn't hit any other cars but we rolled on the concrete and then we fell off the road into a, a like a grass ditch below that's crazy that's like a lawsuit uh, against the city if they didn't fill in that pothole well, uh, it was kind of, kind of pursued almost, a little bit yeah, yeah but we were uh, the lawyer i had that was going to try and get all my me- medical bills paid for by oklahoma uh Pursued it with some local lawyers, and the local lawyers said there was simply not enough here. Oh, for, we, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't have the tire. We didn't have photos of the road, like where it happened. We when it happened, we didn't get any of the stuff. We were all in shock, you they, know. Like they I, I hitchhiked my way to to the hospital in order to see my brother before he got into surgery. You know, like it was a, a hundred degree day. You know, it was like it was 
the craziest, I don't know, 12 hours of my life probably. Mm. Um, but so yeah, uh, the last thing that we were thinking about was gathering evidence for a sure, yeah. lawsuit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So talk about your perseverance. Cause after that, I mean, I think some people might've given up and been like, ah, oh, you know, fuck this. I don't want to be on the road and all this. Like you guys kept going though. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, I just don't really think there's any kind of giving up now. Uh, the only, <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. The, giving, the giving up, point, the giving up point it's, was it's, like it's, maybe it's, a year in or so you could do that. But okay. once you, you've gone this far, exactly. it's, it's like that, that old fucking, and not even fable. What is it? The old, no return. Yeah, idiom. exactly. Exactly. The old idiom about when you're in the fucking boat and you make it halfway. And once you cross halfway, like you're really going to go all the way back. More fucked up. Like exactly. Back. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're already 60% of the way there. Easier to go the 40 and the rest yeah. of the way than go back 60. And, and and what's what's back there for you if you if you were to get well back rebuilding there, yeah. in a whole new career or yeah, a whole new industry that. or a whole new whatever and that's definitely sixty percent back I yeah. guarantee you that much well do you and do you see the band over how you started what two thousand fifteen in the last five years you must have seen the numbers grow like on social media and Spotify downloads and all that stuff right um it's gone it's gone pretty well we've had a different uh as, as you've talked about the the van thing was a bad one because it was our uh you know it was our first national tour so as far as really getting that that breakthrough moment we've had a couple false starts and just when it seems like this one this year was going to be great for us everything lining up with tko and everything like that then boom COVID hits but you know it's all about just keeping one foot in front of the other and, uh, you know, trying to make it work as best we can. One thing we, we've noticed with uh, Spotify and YouTube and everything like that, and, and now even with social media, is you really kind of need money behind it to an extent to push the sponsorship of it, push the advertising of it. And uh, we haven't had much uh in the way of investment behind us thus before. So we're hoping that'll, that'll change and that'll help and progress as next year comes together for us. But, you know, it's as steady as she goes. What, it's never, what do, it's never gonna, you're never going to lose popularity. How about that? No, absolutely. So what do you mean the the, the money behind it? Or you don't have like a... Well, there's, the, there's only a certain extent a lot of the time that how much an organic reach that you have can sure. actually get out there and spread. Whilst it seems like a lot of these platforms are now being geared a lot more towards the model of if you pay for sponsorship... Exactly. Sponsored advertising. Then they reward that with actually getting some sort of results as opposed to if you don't, they're trying to get that out of you so that you don't, you don't get a lot of the organic, the, the reach that you would otherwise. Mm-hmm. An interesting example of that is like we, in the earlier days of Instagram, I had this little model that I followed where I would just go and find Soundgarden or whatever. And I would just like a bunch of people shit that like Soundgarden or follow a bunch of people that follow Soundgarden. And it was able to garner us a massive following on Instagram and we were getting lots of likes and selling lots of shit that way and whatever. But then when Facebook took it over, we noticed like a dramatic change. Mm-hmm. And what I think Facebook realized is that this is essentially a advertising platform for a lot of small businesses like us. Mm-hmm. And if it's advertising, we want those fuckers to pay us. So now they've got a system where not only do you have to pay to get new fans, new people to see your stuff, you actually have to even pay for the existing audience that you have as yep. your followers a lot of times to see your thing. They like, ask yeah. for like, what's it called, Luke? Maintenance promotion or something like that. Yeah. It, oh, like yeah. A, no, a, it's, 
Because I have like a dollar just so my fucking post of a selfie yeah. can be seen by my own fans. No, I know it's so stupid. I have the because on the Facebook page for my uh, podcast, it has like a thousand fans, and it will tell you how many people you reached, and it will say reached eighty nine fans. Or I'm like, wait, I have a thousand. Why didn't a thousand people see that? Or like eight hundred? Like, but yeah, they want you to boost the post so that your your own fans see it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's because Zuckerberg's really hurting for the cash right now. I think, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, and what else they've done recently is uh, they blocked all the hashtags, which is how I, I, I a lot of my fans will, uh, you know, when I post like of limbo, and I'll I'll do hashtag of limbo, hashtag all your names, you know, like you said, hashtag Soundgarden. That's how a lot of people will find the post is through the hashtags. They blocked all the hashtags because of the election. They don't want yeah, false the information. The hashtags. And the other one that they, they do that's lovely that I've seen from a lot of uh, local promoters we know is that when you make an event, if you've made too many events or something like that, then you de- they disallow you to invite people to these events. Like what? if you're an actual promoter, oh, I really? invite 100 of my friends to this fucking show. Yeah. If you've done too many of these things, I did Facebook not know blocks that. you from doing that. It's like, huh. Yeah, they're really cracking that. It's really stupid, but... Um, but yeah, talk about your uh, the producer that you worked with. He saw you guys at the Viper Room, and he and he reached out to you and said, "I need to get you in the studio." And he picked four songs out of all like whatever 30, 40 songs that you guys had. Um, how, tell me about that. How, how did that process go? You're not working with him anymore, I know, but the, you he helped record. Well, currently, we 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 did that uh, nothing but now EP with him. That was our yeah. first work with him. But yeah, you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. We 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 played a, a night at the Viper Room. It was, I think, a New Year's Eve night, or maybe night, no, maybe it wasn't one. that. A different show than that, my, my mistake. Either way, we played a night there. He saw us. He loved it. He loved the energy of us. He told us he really wanted to get us in there. Um, so he came down to Long Beach. One day, we've got a, a studio here, just a, a studio in our house. And uh, Pepe, Mike Pepe is his name, by the way. Yeah. Works at a Barefoot Studios. And he came down here. He listened to the all the tracks that we had. He selected these four as the ones that he thought he could get the kind of the most juice out of. And we went with those. We went in there. We spent, I don't know, it was better better part of three weeks, four weeks tracking with him just for, for four songs. And um, that's that's how that relationship kind of developed right there. Okay. So, and then does he, how does that work with the, like, cause I just had a guy on and he was saying it was a similar thing where this really big producer from Foo Fighters recorded some songs and it seems confusing, like how the producer gets paid. Is it like on the back end with like royalties and things? Well, or? the producer got paid by by our band slash by our fans who have so lovingly purchased merch and okay. purchased uh, the CD that came out of it. Yeah. Okay. So when we when we finished the whole thing, um, uh, I was quite in debt from the from the process, even though Mike gave us an incredible deal because he was so desperate to get us in there. Uh, mm-hmm. He gave us a great deal compared to what a band with a massive universal record deal or whatever would, would be paying him. Um, but still, it was, it was a hit financially. So Good. the idea from there was that instead of releasing every song all at once on Spotify and just going, oh, there you go, everybody, have it for free, we're going to try and recoup a little bit of the losses, and that's what this Nothing But Now limited edition EP is that we have on our website. Every one of these CDs, there's only a hundred to ever be made, and every one of them is numbered, signed, and a personalized illustration by me under the CD, and this whole fucking twenty-page fat booklet that's full of a lot of the insights and insider process of what happened 
Oh, okay. Barefoot to make it all happen, et cetera. And the way we're sort of recouping some of the money is by charging an exorbitant amount of money for these little four song EP, That's which cool. is 25 bucks. It That's seems a little good. crazy for four songs, but at the same time, it's like a lot of fucking money, time, love went into those four songs. Absolutely. And, and those people that real, that have been purchasing it so far, are the people that are aware of what it takes to, to, to make those. And Jake, you draw a fucking personalized drawing for every single one of them. $25 is not exorbitant. You spend like 30, That's awesome. 45 minutes to an hour on each yeah. one of these drawings and you're a sick artist. I would pay 25 bucks just for the drawing. That's very so, cool. Yeah. yeah. So I love that song. Do you like the song? Nothing but now. Cause that, that's such a, seems like kind of a departure from your other songs. Oh, we try and make every song a departure from our other songs, dude. But yes, okay. that one certainly that is. That's definitely the yes. most. That's definitely the most polarizing song we've ever made. <laughs> I uh, love it. I think it's actually one of my favorite songs that you guys do. Thank you, brother. Uh, yeah, a lot of people didn't like it so much. Really, it's it's an interesting one. It's like I, one night, middle of the night, I just the lyric came to my head, and then it's the first time I think we've ever built a song out of the lyric. Um, hmm. It was like just everything from. Nothing but fucking, but fucking nothing but now. Everything yeah. from that was like, okay, what's the guitar that goes over that? Okay, what's the drums that go over that? We just sort of, we didn't even have it like really properly demoed out and recorded when we showed it to Mike Pepe. We just had this really rough me whispering into the microphone and then Luke doing a super, not even structured song, but he was like, okay, that's the fucking one. We're doing that one for sure. That's, and then yeah. we kind of built it in the studio. So how do you guys usually write? So that you said that was a departure songwriting wise. Normally it starts with the guitar riff. Okay. Um, and then from Luke or from we you then sort of figure out what we think the drums would be from there. Okay. Uh, and then finally it's like start adding vocal melodies, but it's just or whatever. <laughs> and then you put the awesome. words to the boodle-oodle-do. Oh, you know, boodle-oodle-do sounds like, I like to do a to a doo doo, you know. So but who does the guitar? Do, do you do the guitar riffs or Luke or both of you? It's a mixture. It's some, mixture. some are mine, some are his. Okay. So, same with the vocals. Okay. Very cool. Um. So so right now, like you said, all your tours are you don't have any shows uh scheduled. We have uh, a couple highly illegal things in the works. Illegal. To talk about because yeah. Oh. COVID. COVID restrictions here in California. California is strict, is it strict. not? Yeah. So we're doing uh, we're doing a couple little things in the works, but yeah, we can't we can't let old Gavin Newsom hear about that because then uh, it might, hey, might send in the stormtroopers. I I saw that he got busted for going out to dinner some dinner party or something. So yeah, do as I say, not as I do. Okay. Like, that's that's the that's the government's way, right? <laughs> I guess so. Jeez. So what well, bands? Every politics. I hope yeah. some motherfucker's watching oh, watching his front door to see how many people go over to his house for Thanksgiving. <laughs> that's what I'm really hoping for. Yeah, he's well, telling us we can only have three people for Thanksgiving. Is that the rule? Three. Three? Oh, wow. and isn't only like two hours and no singing and no loud music and oh, you're not allowed to you're not allowed to hold hands you're not allowed to pray. I think I think no fun was yeah. part of the stipulation. <laughs> no smiling, <laughs> no fun. Yeah. So what if you when tours do come back? What bands do you want to tour with? Are there new bands that you're listening to that you guys are really into that you want to maybe team up with? Oh shit! Um, I love uh, God. You got one on this, Luke. Anybody and everybody. How about that? I'd love to play. Okay. I'd love to go go and tour with our friends Joyce Wolf again. Mm -hmm. We've never done a full proper big one. We've only ever done like little here and there stuff. I'd love to go like night in, night out with them. Um, 
there's a few different bands that are on the TKO roster that I think would be good fits for us. I think Buck Cherry would probably be a Ooh, good fit for us. Yeah. I think we have a lot of uh, crossover with their fans. I think their fans would really dig our stuff. It's interesting because a lot of the the rock music that I would think we fit into uh, doesn't necessarily reflect where the most appropriate fans are. For instance, like like Hinder, I said that was such a successful one for us. I wouldn't think that Hinder's brand of rock was necessarily so in line with ours, uh-huh. but the people that go to Hinder are absolutely the kind of people that loved our music. So whatever, wherever, wherever the right, right crowd of people is that will uh, enjoy going out for a good time. Absolutely. Dirty honey. I'd like a lot. That'd you, be really cool. Who? Dirty honey. Oh yeah. There's, they're really good. to rival sons. I know. Rival sons would be amazing. Rival that would be fun. I, think, I don't know if Jay Bird that sings would like me. I think he'd be like, fuck that guy. He's not folk enough. Yeah. I don't know about rival sons. They would just kick our ass too hard. Every day. They're like <laughs> the fucking, they're the best in the world. So yeah. I don't know about that. Do you guys know, uh, are you familiar with the black moods? That's like our Arizona band here. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. actually, uh, they, they beat us on the classic rock magazine that's song true. of the that's week. Oh really? Oh, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't even I know. I've never that. actually met those guys, but a bunch of friends have toured with them. And, yeah, uh, yeah, they seem like great dudes. That'd I, be a I fun one too. I, they were gonna tour with Joyous Wolf. That'd be cool to have all three of you guys on a tour. Good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, think that was actually on the cards for a minute. Andrew was, was yeah. talking about that. Oh really? Wow, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully, hopefully the world spins again and we can do all all the tours under the sun. I think. Steel Panther was recently mentioned. Really? That'd be funny. That'd be that would be too. cool. Yeah, I just had uh, this band called True Villains. They opened up for Steel Panther. So, yeah, that's another, huh. that's like a Nashville rock band. Um, so, Jake, uh, besides the band, you do uh, movie and TV poster designs and graphic arts. Were you, and yeah. tell me about that. Like, how'd you get involved in that? Uh, I was doing that kind of before we even started doing the music thing. Um, it started out, me, when I moved here, I was in the, surf industry doing advertising and surf magazines for a company called hot tuna that kind of drifted into me doing stuff for video games uh for namco doing cut like uh cover art for video games advertising for video games character design stuff like that and then uh it got to a point where the video game one dried up and i asked myself well shit if i'm gonna try and make a career out of this. What the hell do I want to actually do with it? And I thought, Oh, you know what? Designing DVD is my thought was DVD covers would be pretty cool. Cause I didn't really understand the whole process of how it works. It's actually, it goes to be a movie poster first. And then they use the poster right. on the DVD cover or whatever. Sure. So I found this website, IP awards, and I just started blasting out my portfolio to all of these different companies that do this. And they all happen to be in LA about three of them responded. One of them brought me in, and then I just kept sort of learning how that industry works and rolling with the process from there. So you did a billboard for Shameless, and you used yourself as a body double. I did. We had to give my we had to give me a gut though, so that I could look more like Frank. <laughs> um, That's pretty cool. So it was a, you were on a giant billboard. Yeah, I, my my body was was Frank's body. We call it um we call it a head strip. We stripped okay. his head onto my body. We shortened my body and then we gave me a pot belly. How, what other uh, movies and TV shows have you done the covers for artwork? Uh, lots, dude. I mean, a big one that you True guys... True Detective? True Detective, okay. Frozen, uh, Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, uh, I love that movie. Recently... Yeah. You've done some Game of Thrones, haven't you? 
I have, but they didn't win. Um, uh-huh. Reno 911, the oh, new Reno yeah, 911. Yeah. Digi or Quibbly or whatever that was called. Yeah. Is that uh, what's that one with the rock? Or he's like an entourage guy. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That show, yeah, the HBO yeah. or whatever. So is that pretty lucrative? If you're then? It's Jake Davies Creative.com. Okay. Password is 2016. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you need a password? Nice. What? You need a password? Is this like your. Yeah, because I'm not allowed to um, post posters that were not the final poster of the oh, show. It's okay. kind of like. Um, if if uh, Warner Brothers pays you to write a song and uh, they record all your riffs that you're writing that day, mm-hmm. they own all the riffs that day, even if that riff doesn't make it into the song. Right. And right. they don't want you to show that riff anywhere else because even if that's not riff didn't make it into the song, they still fucking yeah. own it. That's and here we are blasting the password to everyone that listens. I love yeah. it. I love it's it. Only, it's only for movie industry people. To, yeah. Uh, yeah they, they'd be the one that'd be like, Fuck you! You can't do that. But yeah, I don't think anyone's. <laughs> yeah, is that, that is that is that how you guys can make a lot of money with the music too? Right, it's through the licensing. If people buy it for movies and TV and yeah, yeah, they, call yeah. It, they call that sync. They, they call it a sync, and it's um shit. If if you have a way into that world, dude, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, it's a lot. Not. A lot of um, a lot of it is who you know, and oh. uh, yeah, I mean, it, once once the ball starts rolling it kind of all rolls in every different direction and all sure. snowballs together. Yeah. But uh, we haven't had any, any success with sinks yet, but fuck, I would, would love to. We'll yeah. get there. Cool. Uh, another question I had, this is interesting. I saw this, I was going through your Instagram and stuff and you were talking about conspiracy theories. You have an uncle <laughs> who's really into conspiracy theories. And you said that if you could have a drink with anyone, it would be Alex Jones. Yeah, so I got to hear about what? I'm just the crazy, I'm the crazy conspiracy theorist in the band. Oh, these guys, <laughs> they these switch guys seats. just laugh at me and everything about yeah. that. I think, he's, I think he's one of the most entertaining humans that has ever existed. And uh, But you take it with a grain also, of salt, right? Like you don't believe everything he says, but it's entertaining. I don't everything he says. I definitely believe some of what he says. Sure. But more than that, I want to believe everything that he says. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch the Joe Rogan, Alex Jones podcast episode? I sure did. There's a there's a more recent one. I watched that one too. Is it the one that? Yeah, this is the one that just happened a couple weeks ago. Was there another one? Yeah, before? I did. I watched ours. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was pretty uh, pretty tame and uh, well mannered, calm. He was definitely a little bit drunk and yeah, he was definitely. annoyed that Rogan wasn't drunk. But I thought he was. Yeah, he was in good so, spirits. So, what's your favorite conspiracy theory? Aliens or uh, government takeover? Oh, shit, I believe, I believe, <laughs> give give me one and I'll tell you if I believe it or not. I'll tell you something. Okay, about is it. there I aliens? Give give, give him like one and find one that he doesn't believe. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe. I don't believe in flat Earth. How about that? You don't believe in flat Earth. I don't believe in flat Earth, okay. flat earth and I also don't believe uh, that the moon landing was faked entirely. Entirely. I think Which that is good. man man has walked on the moon. Okay, that's good. So do you believe in aliens? Yeah. Uh, I definitely believe in aliens. There's no question about that. Um, but hold on. I do too. To to bring Sorry. to wrap this back into music along with conspiracy theory. Okay, okay. Um, Here we go. So we're we're working on a uh covers album called Covered 19, like COVID-19, covered 19. Oh, that's good. And, I like uh, that. That's cut. That's clever. We got a we got a few different songs in there, and we're trying to to pick ones that are as relatable to things that we've experienced with the whole pandemic, et cetera, as sure. possible. And the one that we're really excited about coming out of the gates with is uh Golden Earring Twilight Zone. Oh and yeah, that's a good song. The way we've really related it, I mean everyone feels like we're living in the fucking Twilight Zone right now. One, yeah. 
Donald, Donald Trump reality TV stars are president. And then two, we've got this whole crazy pandemic going on. It feels like we're living in the twilight zone. So everyone understands that already. But uh, I looked at the lyrics and read about it. And it's actually about Jason Bourne. The whole thing's about like a oh, Jason Bourne book. I did didn't not know that. that at all. But I didn't know those I, books had been around that long. They have. Yeah. Okay. So um, I read that. I thought that was a little weird. So the way we've we've updated a bit is by changing the lyrics to be from the perspective of me being a paranoid conspiracy theorist <laughs> and getting more and more paranoid uh, by the day of the lock lock in and shelter and not being able to talk to sane rational people and have them tell me how ridiculous I am <laughs> and all the crazy <laughs> conspiracies that are coming out of me as a, as a result. So what is your biggest fear with conspiracy? Like what is the conspiracy that scares you the most? Uh, that we are heading into a totalitarian technocratic slave state in which we are not allowed to interact with each other on a human level anymore. And we are chipped and uh, the chip holds all of our information that is related to a social credit score that is also related to our, our own amount of money credits, whatever, and they can turn us off and on or up and down with our credits depending on how well behaved we are. Full 1984 shit. That is some scary shit. Well, hopefully the vaccine comes, everything gets better. You guys can go out and tour and rock it up, right? Hell yes to that. As soon as possible. (laughs) Awesome. Well, um, I like to end with a charity. Did you guys, I forget. uh, Did you have one that you in mind that you wanted to give a shout out to before we end here? Shout out to the charity that Nick said for the kids. Oh, Children's Hospital. Ch- St. Jude's. St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Oh, St. Jude's. Yeah. Jude's. Love yes. It. That's cool. the one. Perfect. Yeah, awesome. I forgot that. I forgot that. No, I apologize. Dude. No, that's fine. We'll throw that in the notes. St. Jude's. Well, definitely. I'm sure they could use any donations if you got it. Uh, other than that, uh, people should check out your Spotify, your social media, all that stuff. Get some. Uh, get, they can buy these CDs for 25 bucks, right? Yeah, you can buy the, the new EP. You can have one of the only 100 to ever be made of the Nothing But Now EP. Okay. God damn, is it good. Awesome. Very it cool. Well, I hope I can see you guys soon. If, if you don't come to Phoenix, I will do a road trip if you go to Vegas or somewhere nearby. Dude, uh, we're definitely coming to Phoenix. Uh, I love Arizona. We cool. might have to move out there. Yeah, it's, it's great. I love it. So thanks so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Thanks, Thank buddy. Later, All right. Buddy. Take it easy. See you later. So much fun with those guys of Limbo. That's the band. I want to thank Jake, Luke, and Rob for taking the time to come on my little show here. Uh, Help them out by following them on social media and listening on Spotify or wherever you listen. Uh, Maybe even order some of the merchandise on the website. Um, You can support my show by following me on social media, subscribing wherever you listen or watch the show, or share the episode on social media. And if you really want to go all out, you can rate me review on iTunes. Uh, thank you all for your continued support of this little adventure of mine. I hope you're enjoying the interviews. I'm having a blast. I've got more lined up that I'm really excited to share with you, but I don't want to jinx it by announcing it here because sometimes obviously things fall through uh, and I always try hard either way. So just remember, shoot for the moon.